God bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from pastor teacher, Dr. James Sutton. First John chapter, chapter, 1 John chapter 2, verse 26 and 27, we're starting there somewhere, but uh, so far to God, John is telling us straightforward how to live our lives <coughs> as Christians, and these are instructions, and the Holy Spirit is giving them basic, simple instructions, and what I like about John is you don't have to be a super spiritual scholar to figure out what he's talking about. Sometimes Paul gets lofty in his speech, and it's by the Holy Spirit because God is using his intellect. But John is very simple. You remember, John's just a fisherman. And I'm going to ask you a question. You ain't going to get no test if you answer. What was one of John's names, him and his brother's name, what did they call them? Sons of Thunder. That's right. She saved you from a test. Amen. They were part of the Sons of Thunder. And why were they considered Sons of Thunder? Just think about it. It's real simple. It's real kind of simple. Nothing spiritual. Just because they were what? They were rough and tough and, and abrasive. Yeah, they were very abrasive. Remember, they went and got their mama and asked Jesus, you know, can my son sit on the left and the right? They was always trying to see who would be next to Jesus between James, John, and Peter. You know, but James and John were brothers. Okay? So they're called sons of thunder because they were abrasive. But also with John being called the son of thunder, what is his other name? What did Jesus call him? What did they call him? The apostle of what? What does John call himself in John? One time. He's the disciple that who? Love, love, love the disciple that Jesus loved. They call John the, the love disciple. So you go from son of thunder to the same person being the one that God loves. See, this is, this is what I want to show you the contrast. Man see you one way, but God see you the whole different way. Don't he? Don't he? He see you a whole different way. Man see you in one way. They look to him as a son of thunder. But Jesus looked at him as the apostle of love. There are some people who knew him as a fisherman, as a son of thunder. But then as God got hold to him, at the end, he's known as the apostle of love. Same person. Maybe even the same strength, because we know that John writes direct. But it's a different perspective. Some people know you. I was telling somebody, some people know you. You got nicknames or whatever. Okay? You were known by a certain name that you don't even use anymore, okay? You don't even like it. Some people don't like their old nickname. Like, don't call me that. But that's where the people knew you then. But you're a whole different person now. You might have had different titles growing up. Like me, I've had different titles growing up, professional titles. Whoever knew me in that title time, there was a time when they called me captain. That's what they knew me as. And then if I go on the street and run to those people who knew me at that time, first thing out their mouth, hey, Captain Sutton. Uh... Uh, 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 what's his name? Hobgood's son. That's what he called me. Because he's in corrections. He knew I was a captain. That's what he said. Hey, captain, son. That's what he know me as. Okay? There's some people who know me as boss or something. And now you guys know me as pastor. There's some people that never ever heard of me as pastor. You know? But again, your, your changes. God will change you. And he will change the name. And what's important in the name is when God decides to give you the name, that's where you're kind of going to end up at. 
sister saint, <clears throat> you know, prophet, priest, you know. Who'd have thought anybody would be calling y'all the pillars of a church? Hello? Ain't that right, Peter? Y'all the pillars. Did y'all ever, think about this. Do you understand what I'm saying when I'm saying y'all the pillars? Y'all are the ones who are really have held this thing together. Yeah. yeah. Kept it together by faith. That's why it's so important that we walk, continue to walk by faith. Because not by sight. We can't worry about what it looked like. We know God got us. Okay? And John is teaching the same thing. All right, we'll start at 27. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. Who you at? Oh, never mind. Never mind. I'm in the wrong place. Go ahead. I'm in 27. Yeah, I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong chapter. Okay. I'm like, okay. Go ahead. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things, mm -hmm. and is truth, and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Mm -hmm. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence, and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Okay, okay, go ahead. If ye know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that does righteousness is born of him. Mm -hmm. So now we have a situation where we're abiding and we're doing. Those who abide will do. This is not you abide and don't do. There's a correlating action to being a child of God. There's a correlating action to being in the faith. That's why we hear things like we just said, walk in faith. Okay, walk in truth. Those who abide in Christ actually is yielding to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit moves them along in their day-to-day -day life. This is not about the quality of your life in the sense of having material blessings. This is about your general disposition as a saint, that you will walk in this general disposition that people will begin to see your light and your light will begin to shine. Like very, you walk in here and say, we are the light. We all should always think that way. Don't never think you're the dark. Even though there are times when you, you act a little dark, but you still are the light. Call yourself what God calls you. Don't call yourself what, what other people call you. Call yourself what God calls you. And if we abide in him, we'll do his good deeds. We'll do his work. Whatever that work may be. You know, we can do the stuff we do at the nursing home because we're doing it because Christ is leading us to do that. You know, there's times we wake up on Thursday and Saturday, man. And when I first wake up, I'm like, man, I don't want to go. But there's something that happens between the time I wake up and drink my next cup of coffee yeah. that God say, you're going to have a good time at the nursing home. Yeah. And, I, and I've always, and I've told Jackie in this, same thing on Saturday. I think I preach better at the nursing home than I do here. We have a good time at the nursing home. You know? And it's such a good feeling to be doing his work. No, they can't give us a quarter. But guess what? They give us so much love, it's not even funny. And that's when I feed on. I feed on the love they give us. So no matter what happens, I can look back at that love. Go ahead. It's funny because I did not feel like coming to church, coming to church Sunday. And I'm like, Lord, I need strength. It got me up. I came and Gail spoke on a message. I'm sorry, I ain't trying to say this. No, go ahead. She spoke and it hit me. Because that's how I'm in I was I was in that position. But it was good. Amen. So now we're in chapter three. And it goes in to talk about what kind of love the Father has for us. So, so go ahead, Will. Chapter 3. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, 
that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Okay. So it starts off with asking kind of the question about, in, in the ESV verse it says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God. So think about this. What kind of love did he give us that we should be called the children of God? Do we deserve to be called the children of God? No. Why not? We? Because no, because if we deserved it, then it wouldn't be grace. Amen. So in other words, we're called the children of God by grace. Amen. Not by works. So we didn't earn the right to be called the children of God, and we weren't born to be the children of God. We are born, the Bible teaches, by adoption. Okay? We are adopted into the family of God because he loved us. What kind of love he had love for us? Just go down the line. He loved us enough to give us the only begotten son that we may have everlasting life so that we can be called the children of God. So what kind of love he got? Sacrificial love. What kind of love he got? Agape love. That love that never ceases, that will never fail so that you and I can be called the children of God. Of God. That's how good God is. I don't know, maybe we'll jump out this chair, this table, and shout. That's how good He is. It's not based upon me. And matter of fact, He did it in spite of me. He did it in spite of all that I've been through and all that I've done that was unpleasing to Him. And He pulled out the wrath that was due me on His Son so that I could be called a child. And then his son said, I no longer call you servants. I'm going to call you friend. Jesus. That's, whoo. Lord Jesus. We can just understand that. All right. Go ahead, Will. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. So you're not conformed yet. You're not complete yet, right? Right. You're not done yet. You're still in the other. It's not, it's not known yet what we're going to look like. You have no idea what your glorified body going to look like. You don't know what it's like to be conformed to him as image. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to look like a man. What it means is you're going to have all his characteristics and character. Okay? You're going to have his character. And his character is pure love because God is love. So we don't know what it's like to be embodied love like he was. Love caused him to go to the cross. Love caused him to endure that beating. Love caused him to die for us. Love caused him to be obedient to the end. Love caused him to take 12 knuckleheads and call them his disciples. We don't know what it's like to operate purely or a whole motive as somebody else. We try, but we fall short of that daily, right? Every day. We, we try. And then God gives us grace in that because we fall short and we fail. And God say, because you tried, I'm going to give you grace like you did. Try it again until you get it right. And we, ain't gonna, we won't get it right until we leave about here. But God will reward us for every time we try to show some love for somebody. Like Apostle said Sunday, Satan thought he won. But he didn't. Satan thought he had broke up a friendship. But he didn't. That's right. The devil lost again. Because he don't know everything. And he really don't know your heart. He don't know your heart. He mess with your mind. And pretend like he know a lot about you. He know a lot about your flesh. But he don't know about. 
He don't know a lot about the God that's in you. Because God created him too. All right? Go ahead, Bill. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Mm -hmm. For we shall see him as he is. Mm -hmm. And every man that hath this hope in him purified, purified himself even as he is pure. So in other words, you purify yourself and you have the hope in him. Okay? The hope is in return. The hope in what he did at the cross. And when you believe in him, that being saved, the hope we have is in our salvation. Now, I want y'all to pay attention to what he's saying here. The hope that you have in Christ Jesus is in your salvation. And if you believe in your salvation and what God has did for you on the cross, see everything in the back of that cross. If you believe in that, then you truly see him. If you don't believe in that, you can't see him. And you're not being conformed to his image. You see, conformed to his image is being sanctified. The process of what we go to once we save is called sanctification. So when God does this thing to us in sanctification, he's trying to show us that through the, the trials and tribulations of our lives that we're going to suffer for his sake, that in that suffering there's an honor that we can't achieve on our own and there's an understanding we can't get on our own. It has to be God for you. I don't know. See, when you on my natural mind, God, why did you have to take us this way? Natural mind. Spirit mind say, God, I know you're in control. Thank you for taking me this way because I can see some things I could not have seen unless you brought calamity into my life, unless you brought the haters into my life, unless you brought the people who didn't believe that we could stay together. And I'm like, there's some people out there that believe that we weren't going to stay together. But see, God is in control of this. See, God is in control of this. I didn't know five years ago that Curly was going to be here. We didn't know we was going to be here. I sure didn't know Jackie was going to be here. I didn't know Will was going to be here. But guess what? God is in control. And see, when I see just a few things, just us in here, I can give God some glory because I know that God did this. We didn't do this. We've been through all different kind of channels to get here. Jackie lived right around the corner from me. I ain't never seen it before in my life. She knew my daddy because he walked around. Now I'm taking his place. I'm walking the beat. Yeah, I'm walking all around. I'll be a Miller Park walking. But uh, yeah, I laugh because I'm like, I become the walker of the day. They see me walking up the street. Hey, Mr. Sutton. And I laugh because, you know, that's due to my dad. Hey, Mr. Sutton, how you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, just take my time, walk on around the park a couple times and come on back home. But I'm just telling you, it's good to know God is in control and we will see him. And you are being conformed. Don't let nobody trick you that you, because you did something wrong, that you're not in God. Okay? You know, very Bob, a good point. Don't nobody trick you and say because you don't have it to give that God doesn't still love you. God didn't base his love on you giving him anything. He based his love on him loving his son. And his son gave you life. He's not worried about, trust me, he's not worried about his children because he knows once his children get convicted, they will do what they're supposed to do or get whooped. Okay? But he said he never leave you nor forsake you. And you will not lose your salvation. Amen. All right, go ahead. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. That's a simple statement. If you ever want to underline that, underline what sin is. Sin is simply the transgression of the law, the breaking, transgression, the breaking of the law. Okay? Now, the law that he's talking about is the Ten Commandments. Okay? The law he's talking about is the Ten Commandments. In my book, it says practice lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness, which is breaking of the law. Okay? 
Sin is breaking of the law. So when somebody asks you, what is sin? You say, breaking of the law. That's simply put, okay? Whose law? God's law, the Ten Commandments. No, we ain't talking about the 600 ones they added on afterwards. We're talking about the basic Ten Commandments. That's the breaking of the law, okay? All right, go ahead. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. So now we have a situation where it says, the law, transgression of the law, sin is transgression of the law, but he came to take away our transgression. You got it? He came to take away our transgression. It says, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him, there is no sin. Only person that was qualified and justified and righteous enough to take away sin of man was the man Christ Jesus that was, didn't have any sin in him. You and I can't take sin away from each other. We're not, we not a good enough substitute for each other. So you see, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to level the playing field. So ain't no super saints. Okay? I don't care how good we preach, how good we teach. I can't take away your sins. That's why I won't always point you to Jesus. You know, all of us are in Jesus. So you keep going to the source. I'm a resource. I'm a tool. I'm not the source. You got to go to Jesus. Jesus is the man that did not sin. We can't, we can say it, but can you imagine a person that don't sin? Imagine that. And think about it. He, now, God said he didn't sin, but, but the Pharisees didn't say he did, did they? Every time Jesus turned around, why your guys are doing this and not washing their hands? Why are you doing miracles on the Sabbath day? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing this? No, you ain't supposed to be doing that. Why are you healing that man born blind on the Sabbath day? Why are you telling that man on the Sabbath day to pick up his bed? But God said his children, that's what they do. And it's not based upon a day. That's just a general, general, the, the, the general disposition of who he is. He's a savior. The savior came to save. He came to seek and to save the lost. Who's more lost than a blind man? Who's more lost than one is lame? Who's more lost than a sinner on this earth who don't know God? That's what he came to do. He came to save us. And that's what we're going to teach people. We're going to teach people he came to save us. And if we, could share, if we could share our own personal story of how he saved us, guess what? There's a statistic out through a company that does church statistics. And it says 92% of people who call themselves saved will never lead nobody to Christ. Now you say, well, that's a sad number. It is. But guess what? God will save a multitude of people with the eight. He don't need a lot of people. And I'm not saying them people, the 92%, they are saved. It's just some people just will get that calling to do that. You should be able to share it intimately with people. That's what I'm saying. I'm more concerned with you talking to people you know versus going out here like we like I do. Okay? You gotta people know y'all. I know they know Vera. I know they know Vera. I know they know I know they know uh uh Vera little sidekick. I mean, but I'm saying y'all know people. I ain't saying it in a bad way or a good way. Jackie know people too. Jackie think sitting there, but I know she know people. Mother Ghost, you know people too. Okay? And Carolyn, you know people too. Okay. I know people too. Stacy don't know nobody but she, you know. <laughs> she don't know nobody. Yeah, she don't know nobody. She just know people she work with. 
Yeah, the people in Peoria. I'm sorry, we up yeah, in Peoria. I'm from Peoria. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead, Will. That's number six. Uh huh, number six. Whosoever abideth in him sitteth not. Whosoever sitteth hath not seen him, neither known him. So now this might mess with your mind. Because they who abide in they don't sin. Okay. I wish they would put this word, who abides in him doesn't practice sin on a regular basis. Who abides in him don't practice sin on a regular basis. I'll tell you what it means. Because you, you might take that as okay. So if, so if I commit a sin, I'm not abiding in him. At the moment you commit the sin, no, you're not. You're not yielding to the Holy Spirit. But this really means if you continue to sin, you're not abiding in him. You don't, you don't know him. Okay? You're not one of his children. Your, it's like a loudspeaker. Okay? When you were sinning, the loudspeaker was turned all the way up on 10. Now that you are saint, as your life continues, he gives you breath. That loudness of sin should go down. And the Holy Spirit should be, be magnified. You see what I'm saying? So as you continue to live, that thing that you used to do way back then, I don't know, and it's relative to who you are, okay? Because it's not a union job. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a submission job. It's a sacrifice job, a yielding job. And as you go along in this, you should turn, you should turn down a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. To whereas now, sin doesn't rule your life. See, before you came to Christ, sin was your ruler. The devil was your father. Now you obey your other father, your adopted father. And your adopted father say, my children don't sin. So if you still sin in the way you used to sin. And see, that's what church, the church model. I study like the church models. The church model is so dangerous because the church model in America is, 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 is something unique and different compared to the rest of the world where you're being persecuted and have to meet in caves to have a church. You see what I'm saying? We have this structure. We have to have a building. We have to have this. We have to have that. And we don't, we're going to say that we have church unless we got all these components that don't mean nothing to God. It don't mean nothing to God. These pews don't mean nothing to God. This pulpit don't mean nothing to God. That TV don't mean nothing to God. But yet we say church when we have all this stuff. But what about in China where they got to be in caves? They ain't got none of this. But that's the church. What about in Afghanistan? We got a family of Christians that any moment those Muslims can come in and kick their door and kill everybody in their family. But they'll sit with, with one page of scripture. A page. And preach that one scripture over and over again. That's the church. Okay? So the church is simply the body of believers that abide in Christ, yielding to the Holy Spirit, no matter where they are. That's why I'm saying you enter your prayer closet wherever you go. You don't have to have a, a geographical location and destination to say, I'm going to get with you as soon as I get to my prayer closet. No. You get with the devil right then and there. I heard something good from Tony Evans the other day. And I got to mention because he's the one who said it. He said, can you imagine, think about a football game. Them big old players playing football, 300-pound, 280-pound dudes. They playing football, and they do something wrong. It's called a penalty. And then this referee walks up to that guy who's 300 pounds and throws the flag at him. Now, in the natural, he could smash that referee, couldn't he? They could walk that referee and turn him on his head. But... The referee has authority. His power comes from who gave him authority to be able to say, you did wrong. And guess what? That player, if he want to continue to play, got to take it. Because the authority that governs football is given to the referees that referee the game. 
to keep everybody safe, okay? It's the same thing. He reaches in his pocket and throws out a flag. Tony Evans said, that's our problem. He said, we've been getting, given authority over the devil. We just ain't never reached in our pocket and pulled out our flag and threw it down. See, if you abide in Christ, you got some authority over some things in your life, and you can't, everything in your life shouldn't be up to chance. There's no such thing as luck for you. There's no such thing as luck for you. Not for you. That's for them. What's you? You got the hope of glory in you. You got the God that said, let there be light in you. You got the God that called things as though they were. You got the God that opened up the sea. You got the God that, that stopped time. You got the God that loved you enough to have his son die for you. You got the God in you. And all you got to do is gain access to that God every day and seek his face. And know how God operates in your life and be willing to change. Because what he operated in yesterday, you matured. He don't need to treat you like a child no more. He can treat you like an adult now. You see what I'm saying? Each stage of your growth, there's some pain. Each stage of your growth, there's some pain. Okay, pain was yesterday for me. I didn't realize what me and Apostle Gail was doing, but we was moved by the Holy Spirit to park down here and walk in the 100 degree heat, it felt like. I'm sweating and we just walking slow down at Lackland, looking at all these buildings. She said, you want to go get the car? I said, no, by the time we go get the car and come back down, we got to park again, so let's just keep walking. So we walk up and back, and, and again, you know, I didn't realize, and she didn't realize, she didn't realize I hadn't eaten, she hadn't eaten. I hadn't eaten until since 8 o'clock yesterday, 8 p.m. And I'm walking out in this heat. All I got is a bottle of water. Okay? All I got is a bottle of water. But God is moving us. And then here we go, we walk up on the place. The people very, hold on, so respectful. Let me tell you this. Nine times, more normally to get in a place, you got to call them, you got to yeah, set a time, right, they got to come out. Why, lady, why the man gave me the key combination to the lockbox? Oh my gosh, really? You see what I'm saying? That's favor. Yeah. They're like, who are you? I said, I'm Pastor Sutton, Walker True Christian Fellowship Church. She, all of a sudden, the conversation got real friendly. And not just business, you know what I'm saying? It was like, oh, okay. She say, oh, well, I tell you what, Pastor, we can be there in the next 45 minutes. And she said, you know what? Here's a combination. You know how to open a lot of boxes? I said, yeah, I was in real estate. I know how to open it. Boop, boop. Got in. Went in two places. Favor. I've watched it. Like what I'm saying, I'm living it. I'm living it. When some, you know I said something today on, on one of the radio stations I listen to. They say, what does it feel like to live a dream? People say, I'm living a dream. I am living a dream. In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. I'm living a dream. Faith, he brings you faith when you least expect it. Yes, he does. You be like, yes, we in this building, Miguel, Miguel said, praying in this building, 100 degrees in the building, because there ain't no air conditioning on it right now. We praying. God, is this our place? Is this our place? I say, ooh, it looks like Randy's place. Okay. All right, Lord. Is this our place? So I said, you know what? I ain't this far. I might as well wait. We got done about 4 35 o'clock. I said, no, we got a little later than that because Stacy was home. So I was done by I was home by 5 30. I said, you know what, Lord? I ain't so far, and I've been praying to you all day. I'm going to wait till 8 o'clock. Man, I waited till 8 o'clock. The Lord is truly blessing me through some showing me some things about myself and y'all. And it's all good. Ain't nothing bad. It's all good. Okay? Before you even start thinking. All right, Jackie, let's go to verse uh, 7. Verse 7. Mm -hmm. Little children, 
let no one deceive you. Mm -hmm. Whoever practices righteousness, righteous, righteousness mm -hmm. is righteous mm -hmm. as he is righteous. So think about it. Your practicing righteousness is really gathered up in who he is. He said, oh, practice righteousness is righteous, not because it's righteous for you. It's because you yield to do righteous because of him. So the righteous that we do get a credit for, it's wrapped up in the cross. It's hid in the blood. So when you practice righteous, it's righteous not because it's righteous because you're doing it. It's righteous because you're wrapped up in him. You abide in him. And when those who of us call ourselves Christians abide in Christ and do righteous works, God says, just like my son doing it. Because if we being conformed to his image, he would have to look at us like his son. So when you do righteous, God's giving you this extra credit called the righteousness of Christ, imputed righteousness that you didn't earn, and looks at what you do and says, oh, that looks like my son doing it. That's what he's seeing you. He sees his son. You remember, he sees you complete. He don't see you in process. He sees you complete. He don't see you like you are now. The blood covered you on that one when you got saved. That's how beautiful Jesus is. That's why I understand why nobody will be a Christian. I've studied all kinds of religions. They, they, they don't match up to Christianity in no way, no form, no how. I got a Savior that, 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 that died for me and says I get his righteousness and I ain't got to prove myself to nobody. And it's called grace and mercy. And he keeps giving me, and he renews this mercy every morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. He renews that thing every morning. I can't use up his grace and mercy. It can't be used up. Even when I get short, even when I get short-sighted, short-minded, mad, ugly, he says, instead of doing this, I'm going to give you some grace. I loved you enough. I brought you to Christ while you were still in sin and you were a trespasser. You transgressed the law and I still loved you enough to bring you to Christ. He don't come to save the perfect people that's trying. He come to save the people that, that are broken. And we all have been broken in this ministry somewhere form and all of us in this ministry have been in some measure or sort of not understanding church and that's what's an American church model is funky because it's, it's just too many too many versions too many choices and I think again I study a lot of stuff and, 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 and to show you like okay who shops at Aldi in here I do yeah. okay what's the difference between Aldi and Shop and Save I'm going to tell you I'm glad you asked me the difference is Shop and Save and Schnooks and rest of the big brands when you go into Schnooks, you got a thousand choices for green beans. Okay, I'm just over exaggerating, but you got Del Monte, you got da 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 da, da, da. all the way down to you got frozen, you know, da, 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 da. you got you got different varieties of frozen, different varieties of canned, different varieties. What makes all these so different is all they got what they got, and they ain't gonna have nothing else. <laughs> Think about it. Did you ever pay attention to that? If you don't like what they got, you just keep moving. Yeah. You ain't going to sit there and go, okay, this can of green beans and this can of green beans. They got one kind of can of green beans up there. That's what all they got. And, and all they making more money than all of them because guess what? They don't buy a whole bunch of stuff. All they don't buy a whole bunch of stuff. Hey. So, yeah. So, what happens is since you don't have a lot of choices, sometimes when you have a lot of choices, it tends to muddy the purpose. So the same thing with church. The reason why people aren't committed to church like they used to be, think about growing up in the South, the church was the neighborhood church. You had no, you couldn't go nowhere else. Now you got churches like Burger King. You can have it your way. 
Whatever sin that you don't want to get done, dealt with, you go to that church, they won't talk about it. Okay? So churches become a Burger King type situation. And in that, the, the body of Christ has become diluted. Because we have too many of them. We just simply got too many churches in America. Okay? And so now, instead of you dealing with what you're supposed to deal with, you could run like in the Jewish time. They couldn't run to the, the temple. It was the temple. They couldn't start no temple nowhere else. They had to come to the temple. Even in the synagogues. There'd be one synagogue in the city, not ten. Okay? So again, choices. Too many choices. And what I'm saying to you is Christ gives us one choice. There's one way to Jesus. So you got to decide whether you want him or not. See, to see, he don't give you, okay, you can have this kind of Jesus and that kind of Jesus and this kind of Jesus and that kind of Jesus. You know, well, I can take that Jesus on Tuesday and that Jesus on Sunday. No, he gives us one way, one truth, one life, one baptism, one Holy Spirit that's in all of us to unify in love together. Even though we may be under different fellowships, he still wants unity. But what stops the unity of the body is we got too many fellowships. Too many people, too many fellowships, too many pastors, too many, too many of them. And I'm not saying that I'm posing in this sense, I'm not saying that I'm taking saying us. I know what God has called us to do, but even even I am willing to submit to if, if something, if somebody came along and had a vision and actually showed me that, yeah, I would have no problem stepping down. Because what's more important is that y'all continue to grow. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's the most important thing up in here. It's not being under me. I'm not in this to, to sit back and talk about I'm going to be a pastor until the day I die. No, I'm in this to be a pastor. Most God won't be a pastor. Amen. And one, now I don't want to be on the job one day longer than he want me to be on the job. I don't want to be fired by God and not know it. Okay, or pretend like I don't know it, okay? All right, Will, we're in number eight. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For his purpose, I'm sorry, for this purpose, the Son of God is manifested. So in, in 8, my verse say, this is where I talk practice. Whoever makes a practice of sin, sinning, is of the devil. See, that goes back to frequency. Frequency. How much are you, are you still sinning on a regular basis and call yourself a child of God? Okay? Jesus came and manifested himself. So God manifested, manifests himself in the body of Christ. Okay? In the body of Christ to take away the sins of the world. So once you come to Christ and abide in Christ, your sins have been forgiven. Now you have a choice whether you want to continue to sin or not. Because in, 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 uh, in, uh, in Ephesians, it tells us that, chapter 2, it tells us that we once followed the course of the prince of the power of the air, doing all this kind of stuff, sinning basically. And now that we come to Christ, you have a choice. And see, this is another thing. Christian maturity says, if I sin, it's my fault. Amen. You can't blame on the person next to you. You got to accept that responsibility for yourself. And that's one of the things I see lacking in the church is, 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 is adult maturity of accepting responsibility for your attitude, your behavior, and your actions. Okay? It's you. It ain't that. It ain't. It ain't you. It's, it's you. And if you decide to do that, accept that. I'm not saying it's not outside circumstance don't affect you, but this is clearly telling us you got a choice. Either you're gonna be like God or you're not. But if you continue in your sin, 
then most likely you're not abiding in God. And if you're not abiding in God, then you don't need to question whether you're saved or not. Okay, you should be changing. The Bible says you're being conformed to his image. There should be some fruit in your life. And the first fruit got to be your change. Your first fruit, your fruit, the fruit after your change is other people seeing your change and wanting to change like you. But your first fruit is your change. Okay, your first fruit. Now, some of you in family members where your people, the people in your family, thank God that you, thank God that you saved. Because they want, they believe they're going to ride in on your prayers. They counting on it. My wife saved, my grandma saved, my mama saved, my cousin. I got cousin Jackie, she saved. And I know, she, yeah, I'm praying for you, but you got to come in on your own. I can, I can block for you a little bit, but you got to deal with Jesus on your own. You can't come to Jesus talking about Jackie saved. And I'm her cousin, or, or auntie, or nephew, or whatever. You can't come like that, all right? Go ahead, read with me. Oh, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Mm -hmm. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. Mm -hmm. For his seed remaineth in him. Mm -hmm. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. Okay, check that out. Now, now, now check that out. You, you really got to pay attention. It says, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's what? Seed. God's seed abides in him. Now think about this. You abide in Christ, but then the seed of God abides in you. So who's the seed of God? No. Christ is. Christ is. Christ is the seed that was promised to Abraham that would come down the line and save the world. You abide in Christ. Okay, for his seed. Who is his seed? Christ's seed. Christ is the, so it's, 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 you abide in the seed of Christ. Christ is the seed, okay? Okay, because in him was God, right? Now, now I'm going to say something to you. I want you all to just pay attention. Because this, is, this, this, this might kind of blow your mind. Because this is where we get confused. The flesh that was named Jesus was not God. Because if the flesh that was named Jesus was God, it couldn't die. If you read the scriptures closely, God formed himself a body. Don't it say that? Fashioned himself a body and put the spirit in the body. So what was in the body was God. What was in the outer was flesh. The, that's why he told them the only way that you can see God you looking at him. Because you look at him through me. That was not a glorified body. You know I can prove it? Because that body came into the world as a baby. And that body got old. It, it, wasn't no, it wasn't like uh, Superman, like Superman. Superman been 25 years old since he been born. Everybody else, Batman got old. Superman still the same age. Okay? That man, that body was getting old, wasn't it? It got to 33, didn't it? So that body was decaying just like a normal body. Okay? But is what was in the body that was God. The deliverer is called Christ. The person, you follow me? The person is Christ, but God is in him, okay? The God is in him. 
So if Jesus lived to be 85, he looked like an 85-year-old man. Okay? If he lived to be 85, he looked like an 85-year-old man. He got gray. Everything would have happened normal to him. They couldn't tell him from his brothers. You see what I'm saying? His mother knew what was going on to him. And can you imagine? You've been told that this is the child of God, but this child of God that you see is getting old like the rest of them. Because we got these imaginations about some things. So it's what was in him. So get this. Because what was in him, what's in you is the same thing that was in him. You decaying. But the spirit is going to live within you. The spirit has saved your soul. Your soul will never die. And you're being completely conformed into the spirit being. Because spirit can only see spirit. You're not becoming conformed to his flesh. His flesh died on the cross. You're being conformed into his spirit and his new spirit has a glorified body. The evidence of who he was when he came back was to show them by what they did to his fleshly body was the holes in his hands. You might not see the holes in his hands the next time he come back. There's no reason to. Do you see what I'm saying? That was a point to prove to them who he was. He doesn't need to show that to us. He just need to come on back. So that same spirit that, that was in that body is the same spirit, Holy Spirit, that's in you. Okay? You your outside is decaying. We're getting old. Okay? But that spirit is in you. And that's what energizes you to come to church. And that's what energizes you to do what God told you. That's what energizes us, as we read, to do righteous works. And we are given the righteousness of the works because what God is saying to you is, the righteous works in you that you do is due to the seed that's in you. Well, who's the seed? Jesus. It's the Jesus in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus that's in you that calls you to do and to think and, and to act for him. So it's the Jesus in each one of you. And guess what? Everybody got the same measure of Jesus in them. Amen. Ain't no super saints. Quit doing that to people. Quit, quit, quit elevating people beyond what God He said. Don't think more of yourself than you should. Okay? Go ahead, Will. In this the children of God are manifest, mm -hmm. and the children of the devil. Mm -hmm. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Mm -hmm. Neither is neither he that loveth not his brother. Oh, now he gives one more stage of you knowing who a person is. He said, who don't do righteous is of the devil. Now, again, we said that means practicing frequency of sin. But then he also says you can test about who? How they love they don't love their brother. Oh, really? So if I don't love my brother but do a whole bunch of righteous works, God say, uh-uh. You got to have both. You got to do righteous works and love your brother. And loving your brother is a righteous work because it's sacrificial. Okay? So when you don't love your brother but you come to church all the time, then you sin it. And you ain't fooling God. And that's another thing where the American church messes up. We think we can fool God by our activities. Okay? We really think we can fool God by our activities, and we can't. We can't fool God by our activities. We can't fool God by what we do. We can't fool God by just coming to church and being here. We fool, we don't never fool God. We fool each other. We play these games with each other. As if, and I'm going to really wrap it up, as if God don't know. 
And God knows. But the church model sets it up where you can hide. The American church model sets it up whereas you come up with the time, you, you pay your tithes, you do this, you do that, and you're no more committed to God than you was when you say you got saved. That's why I'm telling y'all I need a commitment out of you. I'm not counting the money. I'm counting the commitment in your heart. Because <coughs> if your heart's right, the money's going to be there. I don't need you. And see, that's why I asked you to tell me. You put it in the box. I don't need your name on it. If I got 30 people and I get 29 yeses and one no, that means somebody said no. But I'll never know who it is and don't care. Thank you for listening to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church. We pray that this message has been a blessing to you. If you would like to contact us, please do so by email at witmin at yahoo.com. You can also send your tax-deductible donation to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church, 7852 Milan Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, 63130. Multiplied peace and grace to you.